Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Here I am. Oh, Grace Capital. Oh, here I am. It, it really is an honor to speak to you on Mother's Day. I, I do feel... Um, I do really feel blessed. And so I'm actually just continuing with the series uh, on Peter. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter 2 today, and I'm following up where Pastor Richie left off. Didn't he do an amazing job? Oh, I know. Being Jesus 24-7, what a challenge um, for all of us. We have an incredible team here. At Grace Capital Church, and I just want to say we've um, we've been you know through a lot. We've been going through a lot. A lot's been happening, but I just want to say how thankful, and blessed I am to be here, to be in Pembroke. I feel like God has. If that video didn't do me in on moms, I was like to the guys, "What are you showing that for? I have two teens. One's leaving in a year. You're wrecking me before I get up here." Anyway, I feel like God has really knit our hearts together. And I am blessed and I am honored. And I just want to say that we love you and we thank you for your support and your encouragement. It's really got us through. So anyway, I want to share a little tidbit with you about me. So I started working out. Yes, I know. You're all shocked. I know. You're all in shock. I'm actually in shock. I'm doing it. I have not joined a gym since I had my daughter, Abby, who's 15. Okay. Do you guys remember curves? Anybody here remember the, yeah, remember curves? Well, they're gone. They're done. But my curves are back. It's, it's been 15 years. They're back. And so I was like, I've, I got to do something. The encouragement of my friends. And they said, Audrey, you can do it. My kids and everyone. So I started kickboxing and I love it. I, who knew it could be so fun. I love it. I even started using my fitness pal. I don't know if you've heard of that either. My fitness pal, it's like a little app. You like put in all that you eat and it, you tell them that you exercise and all this stuff you're doing. And I realized I needed to start being a good steward of what I'm eating. You know, God's word is clear. We need to be good stewards of our finances, of what we put in. We heard last week what we put in, our spiritual life. So I'm like, I'm going to record all this stuff. And so I complete the diary at the end of the day. And it was like, Audra wow, if every day were like today, you'd weigh this much by this date. In five weeks, you'll weigh X, Y, Z. Well, I can tell you the five weeks have come and gone multiple times, and it has not told me the truth. It has not told me the truth. I've decided the only way it works is if you don't eat and you exercise. But that's not an option because I love food. I'm a foodie, and that fitness pal, we're not pals right now. We are not pals, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to persevere, even though it's not telling me the truth. But we are going to look into the truth today. We are going to look into God's word. If you want to open to 2 Peter, verse chapter 2, we're just hanging out in that chapter today. We're following up. We're continuing with, oh, baby sounds. Moms, do you remember that? I know, so sweet, so innocent. So 1 Peter chapter 2. We are going to hang out in there. And basically, I'm going to, God kept giving me the word position. And so I just, in pressing in and praying to him, we're going to talk today about understanding our position in the kingdom and how that should change how we live on earth right now. 
how our position in the kingdom should change how we live now. Father, I thank you so much for loving us. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with people. I thank you for Peter. Thank you what we've been learning about him and his life. And God, how in seeing his life, God, we recognize you can use every single one of us. God, and you've given us this word, your word, to walk out, to live out. And so, God, today we pray that you would enlighten it to us, that you'd highlight things that only you want to highlight. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So Peter jumps right in. He jumps right in. He starts just, he doesn't, he cuts to it. He said, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. I mean, can you imagine what a world would look like without that in it? What a day would look like without that in it? He says, instead, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk that it is by you you've grown up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of men, chosen, precious, you yourselves are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, to offer sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then I just wanted to jump down to um, verse 9. This is sort of a, a verse that I'm highlighting. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, but now you're God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God has placed us into a kingdom, and he calls us. He calls us royalty. He calls us to be separate. We talked about that last week. Be holy, for I am holy. He calls us to that. And he wants us to proclaim and reflect how excellent he is. He's placed us. We're in a different culture. Has anybody been into a different culture? Like, there's glaring, obvious differences. I know for myself... Uh, I've been in, I went to Africa. I had the opportunity to go to Africa. And clearly, I looked different. Let's be honest. I looked different. It was a different culture. There was different food. It was a different language. It was a life-changing experience for me. But I recognized being placed in a different culture was very different. And being God's people, we should look different. We should look different. We are, God is placing us here in his kingdom now, and we should look different. We've been called out of darkness, and we've been called into his light. We should be walking as people of light. This is something we face every single day of our, of our walk. This is something our kids face. So can I just brag on my kids just a minute? Because it is Mother's Day, and I am a mom, and I have three amazing kids, wonderful kids, great students, just good kids. But they are in a world of darkness. They are, uh, have face it every single day in public school. Stuff they come home and tell me, it's overwhelming. But the thing we go back to is God's word. God has called you to be light in that darkness. And even though it's a different culture, it's okay for them to be different. God's word doesn't say weird. He doesn't say he's called us to be weird. No, he's called us to be different. And that's okay. It's okay to be different. 
It's okay to not have the same language or do the same things that other kids are doing. God's called us to something else. Yeah, he wants us to be here, but he's called us to be different. Jesus' followers were to live so that there's a noticeable difference. Not just so we blend in, not just so we look like everyone else. There should be something noticeably different about us, about our kids, because we're living for a different king. We're living for a different king, and we're living in a different kingdom. It requires us to give up ownership and citizenship. We are citizens of a different place. This is where our faith and trust come in, trusting God with every aspect of our life. Because when God calls us to do something, he's going to provide a way for us. Jesus bought us. If we allow him to possess us, then we can be a people of his possession. We cannot have a position in his kingdom without letting him possess our life. And you know, I think some of you heard about, I had a little mishap um, with my vehicle, and um, I backed into my son's car in the driveway. And I know. But it was during the snowstorm, the fluky one we had, and the big thing. Anyway, it happened, and so the insurance company wanted my car. They, they totaled my car, and they wanted my keys. And they said, we want to take ownership of your car. We want to possess your car. They wanted me to give them my keys, and they come, and they take my little mini away. But I didn't give them my keys. But um, they wanted to because possession is about ownership. I know a lot of times, you know, in, the, in our spiritual lingo, we don't have kingdom mindset. We don't think about possession that way sometimes. I know some of us maybe saw some movies in the 80s about possession. I don't know if all of you saw those. But anyway, there were some out there. And it wasn't in a good, a good note. But in God's kingdom, we want him to possess us. We want him to possess every area of our life, how we think. We want him to change our mindset. We want to give him ownership of what's in our heart, those things that, that are there and we don't really want to give up. We want him to take control of our life, to take ownership of our life. When it comes to Christ, we want to give him everything. We want to relinquish control of every area of our life, control of our emotions, control of our motives, our thoughts, our will. We want to give him ownership. Our position in the kingdom should be reflected in our posture in the world. This was another thought God gave me. Our position in the kingdom should be reflected in our posture in the world. In other words, our lives should reflect Jesus Christ. Bottom line, our lives should reflect Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. We should live differently than the rest of the world because we're living for a different king. We're living for him. So that should be reflective. It shouldn't be a secret. It shouldn't be anything that we hide. It just should be our natural, everyday, living and breathing life that we reflect the goodness of who he is. Verse 9, I love this in verse 9 when it talked about um, that we proclaim the excellence of him who called us. We should be proclaiming his excellence. We should be proclaiming who he is. Life isn't about jockeying for position. I know the world gives us different ideas and thoughts of what position is. But we shouldn't be jockeying for position. It should be about our posture. How do we posture ourselves before him? How do we posture ourselves before others? And what God was saying is like, look at the one major characteristic of Jesus Christ, humility. 
just living, breathing humility. God even said, I oppose the proud but give grace to the humble. We need to posture ourselves before others with humility. When we live for someone else, we have to learn to die to ourselves. That's something we as moms know. It's, it almost comes second nature to us sometimes. Moms, we get to eat, when our kids are little, we eat the food that's cold. Moms, you remember that? It's like we, we eat the leftovers. We eat the food that's cold. Then when you have teenagers, you realize all the food's gone. And so you get the scraps. You get what's left. You know, you make enough, and then, whoa, they eat a lot. And so you get, but you know what? As a mom, we don't care. You know, we don't care. We die to ourselves. We die to things that for a season are important to us and know that God will bring them back. But when we live for someone else, when we live for Jesus Christ, we die to ourselves. Sometimes we have to die to our own passions and our own things. Some things he talks about I love as you go down through Peter. I'd love for you guys to read the whole thing. We don't have time today, but I want you to read that. He talks about in verse 11, he says, um, to abstain from passions of the flesh which war against your soul. It's one thing that we deal with. Don't give in to the passions of the flesh. Just don't give in to them. Believe me, it's really hard. I know. I mean, even over these last few weeks, I've wanted to, like, be like Peter. Cut off somebody's ear. You know, just, like, react to things. But God's saying, no, that's probably not the best way to go, Audra. I really wouldn't do that. But I'm just saying, I've wanted to react. Or what comes out of my words? Cutting words. No, I don't want to. That's flesh. I don't want to give in to that. I don't want to hold an offense. Holding an offense is giving in to your flesh. We want to let that go. We don't want to live like that. We want to live as free people. Verse 12, he talks about keeping honorable conduct. Con conduct yourself so that they will see God in your life. We want people to see God. I don't want people to see Audra half the time, believe me. I want people to see God in my life. I want it to be an overflow of who I am. How do you endure difficult times? This is critical. I feel like... You know, when times are good and things are easy, you know, then it's, it's kind of easy. It, we, it's easy to kind of put the flesh, you know, behind us or step on it when things are going good. But when things are hard, when things are difficult, what are our actions? What's our mouth saying? What's our attitudes towards people during difficult times? We need to put our confidence in the Lord, having that steadfast sureness. Not a confidence in man, certainly not a confidence in our circumstances. Because we know how circumstances go, right? We've all been there. Sometimes things are amazing. Other times the circumstances around us aren't great. Our confidence isn't in that. It's in the Lord. These are supernatural reactions because the flesh wants to respond and react. But we're of a different kingdom. We are of a different kingdom, and we want to allow his spirit to work and speak through us. That's what we want. We want his spirit to work and live and operate through us. So if you read down through, Peter talks about submission to authority and basically honor everyone. You just can't go wrong in honoring. You just can't go wrong in honoring. It's talking about honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, period. 
I mean, that, that, how basic does it get? Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is Peter talking. You think of all that he went through with Jesus, all that he went through. We talked about this in our life group. It's like, obviously, most of us in here have never cut off an ear, okay? And then to deny Jesus Christ. I mean, most of us, you know, we love him. We've grown up serving him, or we've come to him in the last few years. Peter denied Christ, not once, which most of us would be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Not twice, but three times. He denied Jesus Christ or even being associated with him. But what did Christ do? Fully restored him. Fully restored him. So now he's a bishop and he's writing books of the Bible for us 2,000 some years later to read and learn from. And he's saying, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. And if you keep going down, I love it. The chapter goes through a lot of stuff and then the chapter ends out basically talking about how we were straying sheep but now we've returned to the shepherd you know we all stray it's just life it's just being human we stray but now we return to the shepherd and it says the overseer of our souls he has not chosen you or I to control us but he's chosen us to cover us and to care for us. We are royal people. His possession. It's not about doing. It's not about control. He is calling you close that, so we'll be changed. Bottom line, he's calling us close to change our character, to change our willingness, to change our desires. His, cov- his desire is to cover and care for us so that we can do that for others. Right? Even though in the natural, sometimes the flesh, the flesh isn't really naturally wanting to cover and to honor. It's just not. We just like maybe want to expose people sometimes. We just want to call it for what it is. But no, he wants to cover. The spirit covers. The flesh exposes. The spirit covers and honors and loves. That's why he's chosen us. He's calling us so that we will be changed, molded into his likeness. Our willingness, our desires, everything will change. But to live this way, we have to turn ownership over to him. Every area of our life. It's a process. Turning every area of our life over to him. We have to turn over the ownership. We have to turn over possession of our life to him. We want him to position us. We want him to position us in his kingdom right here and now. We don't have to wait for that. We want him to position us now. It's just about living for another kingdom. It's about living for another king, dying to ourselves, so that we can show the world how good and gracious he is. We want to hand over the keys to him. We want him to take possession of our life. Is, is, as comfortable as it is sometimes to hold on to the keys, just hang on to them. I'm just going to drive this thing how I want. I'm just going to live this thing how I want to live. Some days that's what we want to do. It's just natural. But he's saying, no, I want you to hand me the keys. I want to take possession of your whole life, your thoughts, everything. I want to take possession, but he doesn't just jump in and do it. 
we have to humbly say to him, I want you to. I want you to take the keys. I want you to have the keys. I want you to have ownership of my life. Because basically, whoever has the keys has ownership. It's just how it goes. We hang on to that stuff. We're trying to stay in control of things in our life that we're not meant to keep control of. Our hearts just deceive us, you know? Our emotions just deceive us sometimes. So we want God to reign there and rule there. We want him to shepherd us. It's talking about how we've now returned to the shepherd. That's exactly what a shepherd does. He looks after his sheep. We want him to possess every area of our life. We want him to position us in his kingdom. And why do we do it? So he gets the glory. He gets the glory. That's the thing. He's not chosen us to to control us. He wants to cover us. He wants us to be living, breathing, spiritual. He's building us up into spiritual houses. That's how his church is furthered. That's how we further the kingdom. It's being living, breathing houses that he has built up. Let him build up our spiritual house. Let him continue to allow us to live for him. But we need the Holy Spirit to do that, to just empower every area of our life and our kids' lives. Just continue. I know, moms, I was thinking about this. You know, sometimes you have kids who aren't there. They're, they're not serving the Lord right now, maybe, or... But he's never given up on that, and he's not going to give up on that. That's the beauty of Christ and a good shepherd who looks after us. He wants to put us in a position in this world so that we can live for him, die to ourselves, and live for him. He wants his spirit to operate in us. There's just so much stuff in here in Second Peter that we can't go over everything today. But remember that he's chosen us to cover us. Not to control us, but to care for us so that we can be living, breathing examples of who he is and take that beyond these walls and take that out to those out there to share it with our kids to share it with those around us, to just be Jesus, just what we heard last week, Jesus 24-7. Everywhere we go, everything we do, just let him take control of our lives. Father, we thank you so much for Peter. We thank you for who he is. God, we thank you that you never gave up on Peter, never. God, even though I'm sure... Peter was feeling so inadequate and so like a failure that he failed you. God, and I know many of us feel that. God, we read your word, and Father, we, we know what we want to do. We just know it's not always easy. Things come against us. People say things about us. It's just not always easy. God, but you never gave up on Peter. Never. You set him up to further your church, God, to start your church, and it just exploded from there. And here we are, sitting in this body, 
sitting in this church, reading the same word that you had back then for now. So God, I just pray that no one would give up. We sang today, God, your, your promises are yes and amen. Father, you're f- so faithful. God, I pray that you would allow us to just turn over the keys to our life. Whatever situation we're in, whatever circumstance we're in, God, we know you're with us in the highs and the lows. You never give up on us. You're a good shepherd. You're there to cover us and love us, Father. Never expose, never. So, Father, we just commit today, Father, just to turn the keys over to you, Lord. We just want full possession of you in our lives. We don't want to be left up to ourselves, God, to respond in love. It's just so human. God, we want your supernatural love to flow through us, that we can love others, that we can be you to others. God, that we can live differently in this kingdom here on earth. Father, thank you so much. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, just give a hand to Audra. By the way, this is my wife, just in case you're wondering. She, did, she forgot to mention me in her message. I don't know. All right. Thank you, honey. Appreciate you. A great word um, for all of us to live by. And, you know, I think understanding that God wants to possess us, and I, I love what Audra says. Sometimes it sounds odd because we hear of, like, different types of possession. But the reality is... I love that analogy of of who are we going to allow control our life. Now, when you say control, it's not a control. God's not designed to control us. He's give us free will. But he wants to... (laughs) Actually, Richie, you, you talked about Jeremiah 29, 11. That's exactly what he wants to do for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Give you hope for a great future. And when we take that key and we say, here you are, God, I want you to have my life. That's what he does for you. He gives you a good life. Doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges in your life. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk through the, you know, going to only have the peaks of life that you're never going to have into the valleys. He's going to say, but I'm, I'm with you. And I love you and I want to be a shepherd to you. And, and I know that idea even today is a little difficult because we, we're not an agricultural society as much to know what a shepherd does. But a shepherd cares for their sheep, protects them, brings them to good pastures. That's why the 23rd Psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because his rod and his staff are there for me to protect me and to guide me. As we close today this, uh, this service, we're going to sing a song. We're going to be talking about how worthy God is. And, and we can posture ourselves that way because we realize how good he is. He's a good father. But I also want to say, if you want to respond to say, you know what? I've given parts of my life over to God, but I haven't given my whole life over to God. That there's a time to respond to him. When the Spirit of God is here and we, we, there's the Word of God that's given this that requires a response. And the response this morning that I would suggest um, for us to take 
is that if you're saying, I want to give my entire life over to Jesus, would you, as we sing the song, just make this place, this, these steps, whether you're standing or whether you're kneeling, whether you're just coming forward to say, as we sing, worthy of it all. Do you just say, I, I want to give you the keys to my life. I want Jesus for you to, to fill me, to use me. And Father in heaven, I trust you. I trust you. You're worthy of it all. You're a good father. Would you do that this morning? Just in a response to him, just listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. There's no coercion. By the way, if you're a guest with us this morning, thank you so much for being here. We are so glad that you joined us. Please come back and experience what it's like to be a part of a family, a people who are committed to serving one another but trying to follow Jesus. This is not a religious group of people. It's people who are passionate about Jesus. Are we passionate about Jesus? And we want to allow the Spirit of God to mold us and shape us so we can live these this life that's pleasing to Him. Let's sing this together. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 